Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. In person, live, in action, you have one half of your hosts here. My name is Carmen. And the other half, it's me, Kelsey, and it is a beautiful day for a very special podcast. We are so excited. We are recording together for the first time of this episode. We've recorded other things together in life, but never this podcast. So we are just thrilled for the opportunity in person specifically yes uh this so if anyone hasn't heard us mention this before there's another podcast we do that's called dude thoughts and we've been recording that one for like almost two years now and that started in person so this was this is the first time that kelsey and i get to record in person for since we did we did one in april when you were down Yes, that's right. And then that's before a... that, it was like October yes. last year. Oh my goodness. Anyways, take it away, my friend. Okay, first of all, we watched this episode together. And wow, what an episode to watch <laughs> together. Because there was a lot of me watching Carmen when I knew things were about to happen. Because I wanted to watch his reaction. But we also had to not talk about anything because we wanted to save every conversation piece for the podcast, which was difficult because this is uh, just so many things happen in this episode. Like it was, it wasn't even that also. So there was a lot of ep- things happening that I didn't know. And Kelsey has the benefit of hindsight, which is great, <laughs> but we had to set up ground rules beforehand. <laughs> yes. And we also, we put the remote in between us. So if we needed to go back and rewind stuff or pause things, we have, we'd, there was a lot of noises that were made, laughs that were made, profanities that were made. It took a very long time to watch this episode. Like also, two hours almost. Probably more because we didn't have to pause in the middle to go get dinner. That's right. And then we had to go through an entire meal of sushi not talking about this episode. <laughs> yeah, it was it was difficult. And a lot of big things had happened before we yeah. the pause. Yes. We stopped it with only like 13 minutes left. So a lot of the major hurdles had already occurred. Yes. Uh I also, for what it's worth, all of my predictions have come true, and I'm incredible. That is n- in no way accurate. Well, we'll let the listeners decide. I love it when they agree with me. <laughs> um, okay, so this is the third episode of the second season, the 12th episode overall. It is called Make Me Lose Control, which is a song. Yes. <laughs> By Eric, Eric Carmen. Carmen. <laughs> Greatest last name of all time. Uh, for any musician ever. Uh, and it's the greatest first name for any musician ever, which uh, there is a musician here in this podcast uh, <laughs> named Carmen. Anyways, so real quick, it a uh, couple of stats about the song. Uh, so written by Eric Carmen and Dean Pitchford, uh, produced by Jimmy Leonard. Uh, so this was released in 1988. And it actually spent some time uh, in the top 10, uh, the Billboard Hot 100 uh, peaking at number four, uh, it was originally written for uh, Dirty Dancing. And also, we listened to this together, and it's a we bop. Did. It is, it's like, good. immediately gets stuck in your head. Like, you listen to it once, and you feel like you know the whole song. So it is, and it is very 80s. Oh, yeah, 100%. But in a good way, so we loved it. The only thing that would have made it more 80s is if, like, Bon Jovi himself decided that he was going <laughs> to yeah. rip a guitar solo in there. Um but uh, yeah, so anyways, great, uh, great, great song. Very big fan of it. It was also uh, looking up online. It's funny that they decided to shout out that it was featured in uh, an episode of Dexter, 
and not talk about how it was. I guess it wasn't really featured, but it's the name of the episode. So anyways, yeah. but, um, notes on the song. So my prediction, I, I told Kelsey this in person before this episode started. I said that it's either going to be relating to Meredith or Addison having sex with Derek or it was going to be basically it's a sex song. Yes. It's, someone was going to literally lose control and fuck. Uh, but it was either going to be Derek with Meredith or Addison or Burke and Christina, or it was going to be Izzy and Alex. And I wasn't sure who it was going to be, but anyways, find out what happens in this episode. Was I right? Yes. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> fucked. No one had sex. <laughs> Um, Sorry, they made love. <laughs> also untrue. Okay, so this episode was written by Chris Vernoff, who is currently the showrunner. Gray's alum has done many things already up to this point, so she's been here already. And directed by Adam Davidson, whose um, directing credits are like it's so long. It's he's directed so many things. Um, I do believe he's directed Suits and Royal Pains episodes, uh-huh. in addition to uh, ER and how like Desperate Housewives, just like. Every show that's ever existed, he's probably directed an episode or two of it. Like Criminal Minds was on there. He has quite quite the director history. So he is very, very involved. And he has done uh, more in Grey's. And I think he's actually currently listed as a producer. So, busy man. Busy bee. Um, this aired October 9th, 2005. What a long time ago that was. It had 18.12 million views. So back up from last week... And I was thinking about um, maybe if they promoted this, they probably would have shown Ellis coming in and they probably would have shown Christina passing out. And maybe both kisses in the promo as well. Both Derek kisses. Uh, that would be a lot to give away in one episode. Yeah. Maybe the television Christina... promos are pretty spoiler heavy. I don't know, because when I was watching Suits Live, <laughs> they wouldn't give a lot. Because of... I would say out of all the shows that I watched, live suits was the most dramatic most of my other shows that i'm a big fan of are comedies and it's not like big spoilers for those but i don't know all four of those being in a promo for that week that would be that would be a lot i'm gonna i want to like try and research and see if i can ever find promos for sure the christina fainting thing would have had to been in a promo yeah i I would think that and then or at least Addison getting very close to Derek's face. Maybe yes. not kissing him, but at least looking like she's going to because she does. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe the George and Izzy flirting also. Uh, Alex and Izzy? That too. Where was the, There wasn't George. <laughs> there wasn't. I said it wrong. Okay. <laughs> like, wait a second. I got confused. Um, okay. So this is the Netflix synopsis. Family secrets become public when Meredith's mother is brought to Seattle Grace for surgery. Christina suffers a medical emergency. Both of those things are true. A little bit spoilery. I mean, you were... Between those two things, you were more shocked when Ellis rolled in. Oh, 100%. Than you were by Christina's passing out. I'm glad I didn't read the Netflix synopsis because I literally... When I saw... Ellis roll in on that cart. So yeah. we're jumping ahead, obviously. Yeah. This is, I feel like this is going to be very free form. Yeah, this one might be because it was just so much. It, like, oh my shit. I, you have to think 
logically speaking, that at one point it's going to bubble up. Something's going to happen. Right. But the way that it happened, yeah, where she's coming in all manic, I didn't think it was going to be like that. And she's coming in for something completely unrelated. Right. And um, I will say the only thing that's truly like a clue is in the recap. They touch. It's the first recap of this season where they touch back on Ellis to kind of remind us what the situation with Ellis is. So I actually, my first note, so her mom makes an appearance in this episode. Yeah, because Spoiler. Yeah, the recap was like mostly Christina Burke and Ellis heavy. And then just like little bits of Addison, Derek, George, Izzy, Alex, whatever. But mostly definitely Christina Burke, Ellis heavy. So you kind of think, okay, if you watch just the recap and made predictions, those would be who you think big things are going to happen to in this episode. And you'd be correct because that is so very accurate. If I was a betting man. It's also, so it's worth noting too. So if you are rewatching this show with us, or if you're watching for the first time along with us, uh, which shout out Germany. Uh, uh, hello, Germany. Hello, you guys Germany. You are kicking ass. Uh, Deutschland. Yeah. Uh, welcome. Uh, there, if you're watching Netflix, it doesn't always play the the intro or the recap. Yeah. And the last two episodes before this, because it, it said, do you want to skip the recap? It didn't give the option. I pressed play, and it straight up skipped past them. Yeah. So I had to hit rewind and go back and watch them. But this one was important, in my opinion. Yeah, this one for sure was important, but also a little bit gave some sneaky hints. Sneaky hints. So where do your notes start after that? Um, so uh, Christina and Meredith are running, which is disgusting. <laughs> running is gross. We hate running. Uh, we're not. I don't I don't like it. I don't. It's I, I hate it. <laughs> I have asthma and I'm lazy, so I have no ever desire to run in my life. Yeah, we're not running people. <laughs> um. Which neither really are Meredith and Christina, which is the whole point of the scene. They are talking about how they hate it. They're calling each other names, um, like slutty mistress and pregnant whore, which is so good. Good solid friendship. I love it so much. Um, and we both took note that Meredith has an iPad clipped to her pants, which is iPod, not an iPad. Oh, right. Uh, yes, correct. Can you Please? imagine running with an iPad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, an iPod clipped oh. right to her pants. Did you have an iPod back in the yeah, day? Yeah, I had that exact iPod. Oh, I love because you wanted to be Meredith Grey. No, because I think that was just the one that I had. I didn't watch. I for sure had an iPod before I was watching Grey's Anatomy. It it was interesting though because I also made a note that she had the the ear earphones. Yes, but they weren't plugged in. They were yeah. just wrapped around her neck like an accessory. Like who even brings them when you're running? When you're running with a friend. Not that we run, but I have gone on runs with friends. You don't bring your earphones. You're talking during that run. Yeah. And they were. Just just leave them at home. Yes, it makes was, no sense. It was a fun choice. Um so they're talking about, you know, regretting sleeping with their bosses and all the things in life that are ruined for them. Like Meredith's mad about ferry boats and Christina's mad about aortic aneurysms. <laughs> Um, as one is right as classically you would be um and then they just lay on the ground and talk about their feelings which is a delightful moment (laughs) i love that they're (laughs) so is it meredith that says would we feel better if we cried and then christina says yes and then she's like you don't want to cry right now right now (laughs) i that's i'm starting to understand why you love christina yeah not that i didn't but it, it is funny because she 
she just says anything that is physically in her brain yes. will come out. Correct. And I love it. <laughs> yes. She's great. And I love her. Um, and then, so then we cut to the hospital and Alex and Izzy are being friends and everyone is baffled. Um, and it's, it's pretty funny. I find it very humorous that they're all just staring like, why is she doing this? And is that the scene where she invites him to watch? The no, Ellis. no. Yeah. Is yeah. it that scene? Because Izzy's trying to like bond the group together. Right. And Alex is like, oh, I would I would love to see those tapes. And Izzy says something like, oh, come over. We'll all get pizza and watch it. And Meredith goes, yeah, if this is a hell dimension. <laughs> He's so good. It is. I know I'm jumping ahead here, but it is funny the way that they're painting him in this episode. Yeah. Because. He will literally be having a one-on-one, very personal, like, friendly conversation and then goes out of his way to be a douche to anyone who physically is walking up to him. Anyone. Jumping ahead aggressively because this is, like, the end of the episode. This is a very good episode for Alex because we learned that he's self-aware. Like, he knows people hate him. He knows, like, people's thoughts about him. He also knows he can be a good person but also can be just, like, a douchey bro man. And uh, he kind of acknowledges that, but is also saying to Meredith, like, it's you can use it because even if I tell everybody, no one will believe me because everybody hates me. So, like, who, what does it matter? Yeah, it is. It's interesting. And again, I know we're jumping ahead. We'll probably revisit this, but it. Alex is still on this hot streak. They're really doing it. With Alex, Alex is for sure on a hot streak. It's just interesting. The, like, for me, if I'm going into the psyche of him as a as a uh, as an actor to develop the character that he is playing, mm-hmm. you're for sure building a character that is getting into medicine literally to help people, and you don't care about what anyone thinks. It doesn't matter because he's not in it to make friends. And like, if he makes friends along the way, cool. But he's really is great with his patients to their he face. Is. And but he will. He also kind of plays it like, oh, I'm I'm in it for like the the money and the notoriety like when he says he's gonna ride a career to plastic in plastics all the way to the bank so he's like oh i'm just gonna be a really rich successful plastic surgeon which um whether or not that is true or just one of his other show things he's putting on so that he can say whatever is yet to be seen by carmen but has been seen by me so we'll have to tune in and see what happens but while we're on the topic of good episodes man was this a good episode for miranda bailey holy shit i love that woman so much oh yeah Oh yeah, Aspect- oh okay. Well, anyways, let, let's let's get into this next part here. So, uh, well, because right when Izzy's like trying to bond the group, Bailey's like, "What are you standing there? Have what is this a tea party?" Just <laughs> like, I love her. There are other moments that are very good for her oh, though too. Yes, and then we see the chief in the elevator with Derek, and the chief is wearing a leather hat, which I love. He has two hats. He has a hat change. In this episode, so he's just walking around with multiple hat options because he doesn't want people to see his head boo-boo. He's got the fedora, (laughs) the full leather fedora, (laughs) and then he's got, like, the brown suede, like, Like bowler cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Also, have you... So I made this note specifically because he catches that elevator, and that scene with Derek is great. Yeah. Uh, But he catches the elevator with his briefcase. Yes. I've only seen that in TV shows. Have you ever seen anyone actually go catch an elevator with their briefcase like a boss i feel like i might have when i worked at a law firm because it was on a very high up floor and there were many 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 other floors full of business people so i feel like i probably have in real life seen that that's fair 
and we get. But I do see it definitely way more in in television shows. Yeah. It's like they go out of their way to do that. Yeah. And we get our first appearance of uh, what is it? Ruler of all that is evil. <laughs> yes, he says. Since you asked Satan to come to Seattle. And then she says, I prefer ruler of all that is evil, but I will answer to Satan. So good. Um, but I love when Weber is like, I've been watching Oprah give away things. Oprah, Derek. What's wrong with Oprah? <laughs> I know. Nothing's wrong with Oprah. Well, I think the implication is more that like that's what he's doing when he is a surgeon and would rather be cutting people's brains open. Well, he can't. He doesn't cut brains because he's a general surgeon, but general surgeon <laughs> cutting people's insides about <laughs> <laughs> like one does um so yes then we have the satan thing and then uh richard says that he has asked addison to stay for another consult so he's really stretching it out how long do you think addison is going to be in seattle i would imagine for the next 18 seasons okay that's a solid guess we'll, no, I, we'll check back in on that in four years <laughs> four to eight years I, uh, okay, it, you have to think, if I'm looking at it in this exact scene, probably not very long. If I'm looking at it from the end of the episode where they have their mouth sex, <laughs> um, just a kiss, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling that for anyone, uh, I don't know, maybe half a season, Okay, but... I guess it depends on if they get back together because if they get back together, she's going to stick around because they're together. They're together. But also I would imagine that Dr. Shepard is Derek is not done with his time on the show. So he wouldn't go. Right. And if they get back together, it would make no sense for them to continue doing the things that led to the adultery in the first place. Right. But if Meredith and him get back together, which also could happen, I maybe she doesn't stick around, and she's just this recurring character whenever they need a a villain, but like a super likable villain, mm-hmm. like Thanos. <laughs> I, I, I will say I'm that confused for, why that is your just constant <laughs> go to for likable villain. Or okay, okay, um, like uh, like Drago from Rocky Four. Or the Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming. I also don't understand why that's a likable villain to you. Why? He tries to kill a teenager. But only because he's protecting his family. Okay, justifying what they're doing and being likable are not the same thing. I also just like Michael Keaton. Right. So that's not a likable villain. That's a likable actor. Who plays the villain who is likable. I, okay, we don't have time. <laughs> Rabbit hole. This is other, other thing. So anyways, moral of the story is I think half a season is going to be where I want to start this. But it, can, it it depends on where Derek goes with his relationships. Yeah, so what I'm excited for is for every time you get a prediction wrong, for you to somehow back talk your way out of it and be like, no, no, that's not what I said. This is what I said, even though we have them all recorded. But you don't know that for sure that that was me who said them. I do. I'm watching you right now. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, And... Uh, Addison actually asks Derek for a consult on this case that Richard has her staying for. So they're going to be working together in this one. So that's a whole time to look forward to. Uh, And then we meet our first patient, who is Mr. Gaston, who is a dry clean owner, dry cleaning owner. And he's he's inhaled many chemicals and now he has lung cancer, I think is the implication. And uh, 
Christina and Burke are very like formal and cordial with each other. It's it's like tense and awkward, but not not like sexual tension, but like awkward tension. Um, but everyone else is there, and obviously not everyone knows, but Meredith for sure knows, and George for sure knows. So it's uh it's an awkward time. It's also like this this particular patient. I don't know. I don't know what Burke wants from these things. Like I don't know what Burke. Also, this whole episode, I don't know what Burke wants from Christina. Yeah. Does he want her to be professional because he broke up with her, or does he want to feel like she wants to be with him? I don't know if he even know what he wants. Yeah, I think he has regrets. He he wants to be the chief, and he wants to have Christina, and he because of the way all these people keep talking to him, feels like he could not have both. Um, so he picked career. Um, but I definitely think he has regrets about the relationship, in my opinion. They're going to get back together by the next episode. The next episode? Next episode. Okay. <laughs> um, then we meet the other patient, who is um, Kelly, the blushing young lady. And that is just so much blushing and sweating. I feel bad for her. Can you imagine living in Orlando, Florida, <laughs> being her? <laughs> that would suck for her. That would be even worse. Also, so they, they jump forward and, and the, being able to watch this episode with Kelsey was great because, one, you offer a lot of the hindsight. Big yawn. Uh, yeah, it's late. It's our bedtime. It is, <laughs> we, it tried is, to, we tried to start recording this at like 9 p.m. and it's now 11.35. So yeah, a lot of things happened. The pizza happened. The ice cream <laughs> happened. The queso happened. The baby crying happened. Everything yeah, happened. It was a lot of things. Uh, anyways, so... The benefit of having you here was you actually so so Jessica was watching with us as well. Yeah. But having Kelsey here, she had mentioned before that the the patient announced that what, what was her name? The, the Kelly. Kelly. That it's like it's not just when she has like a crush. Yeah. A crush. It's sadness. Any, anger. Basically any any emotion other than existing. Right. And man, I could not I'm a very <laughs> emotional person. I cannot imagine that. Because yeah, I'm lucky. I don't really blush very often. Like, it's just not something that occurs in my life. But, I mean, I do have emotions. So, I can't imagine, like, all of them just being exposed and being, like, just common knowledge that I'm having. Because ugh, I might not blush a lot, but I did get angry a lot. So, I would just constantly be very red in the face. Yeah, like this bull's hat right here. <laughs> um, And then, and then, oh, then... We meet Ellis. Well, we know Ellis, but Ellis arrives at the hospital. Fucking Ellis Gray in a manic episode yes. on a gurney. Screaming at everyone. She's like, um, they have those like wrist restraints on her, so she can't like fight back because she clearly has been. So um, clearly Meredith did not know she was being brought into the hospital, which I do find surprising because you would think Meredith would be like a point of contact. So even if... They had just shown her like ignoring phone calls like from the nursing home or something. That would make sense because it just seems odd because I would think Meredith would have to sign off on her going to the hospital because she's like her medical power of attorney or whatever you would point. call it. I didn't think of that. But I do think it's kind of weird that that there was like no um I guess warning for Meredith that she was gonna be there. Yeah. E- even if there w- yeah, even if there was ignoring of the phone calls, she wouldn't have picked up. She wouldn't have known. It was so f- to this point the best acting that I have seen from M- Meredith's character. What's her name? Her the- mom, Ellis. No, no, from Meredith's character. Oh, Ellen Pompeo. Yes, 
that scene, I feel it. Yeah. I feel the, it's not just dread and embarrassment. It's a true, like if she could sink into a hole and completely disappear, she would. And it, it felt, it feels to me every time I see it, because if you think of where Ellis is in her memory and in her timeline, that would put Meredith in childhood. And the Meredith's reaction is very childlike to kind of hide, like she's in trouble and and sink back away to like, not get yelled at. Yeah. And I think she does nail that really well. It's, we have a lot of conversations about like, what would you do in that situation? Right. And I think even later on in the episode with the the whole actual prognosis outlook, what would you do? But like in that moment, your mom comes in on a gurney. No one knows that she has dementia or Alzheimer's. I mean, what do you do? I have a lot of regrets about keeping secrets because now Fuck. everybody knows all at once. Yeah. It's, it is interesting. I know I'm jumping ahead to Izzy's character line of that, but Izzy at one point gets annoyed. Was it Izzy getting annoyed about Christina or was it Meredith? I think I'm confused. She gets um, frustrated about both because Bailey says, asks her if she knew about the Meredith situation, like right before Christina passes out. And then That's Christina right. passes out, and she's like, "I really don't know anything." Apparently, it is. It's 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 not like there you could have foreseen a reckoning coming if you're Meredith. Yeah, but it is very interesting that it goes from two people to everyone in the blink of an eye. Yeah, and this is coming just two episodes or three episodes behind two episodes. I think of behind her telling Derek about no. It was the it was the season finale of finale, season one. Yeah. So four. This is four episodes removed. Yeah. Which in real real world timeline, you're thinking that's probably less than a week. Yeah. Less than a week of telling your then boyfriend for the first time, your whole world flipping upside down. Yeah. Which it already has because already has. also he's married. Um. Anyway, so then it's the intro. So it was like seven and a half minutes before the intro. What a fucking <laughs> first quarter of that episode yeah that Bonkers. was wild like the amount of stuff they shoved in before they even play that intro music is do, 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 do. i didn't see it coming i can't yeah. i, I want to come back to this <laughs> fucking ellis gray what the fuck yeah i didn't see it coming i just Anyways. remember when we first started watching the show you were like i just see a lot of things coming before they happen and i, I love it when that's not true i didn't it, it takes a lot to surprise me yeah it's this, exciting this surprised me yeah it's exciting um Okay, then we cut to their, like, Meredith is locked in the locker room, and everyone's, like, trying to get past Bailey to get into Meredith to be like, it's okay, you don't need to be alone, we're your friends, we'll take care of you, we love you, blah, 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 whatever. Um, And Bailey is, like, protecting her and blocking everyone, and Christina Christina goes, Meredith, my great-grandmother died with Alzheimer's. And Izzy goes, why Why would you say that? <laughs> it's all going to be okay because they died. What? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because that's truly like Christina trying to connect and comfort. And she's so bad at it. And I love it. Um, but then um, Bailey passes out assignments to get rid of all these people. And uh, Christina goes with Burke. Alex goes to the blushing girl and then she sends Izzy to be with the Dr. Shepherds. And she's the like fighting parents. She goes, 
the two doctors who the two married doctors who hate each other and me okay <laughs> so that's something fun to look forward to then she tells George to go take care of Dr. Gray and George is an idiot and is like thank you I love you he gives her a big hug and he's like she doesn't need to be alone and then Bailey's like no you dumb piece of shit I mean <laughs> Ellis you, you worthless little gnat this is a really good scene for Bailey in general. The first of this is not only is this a win for for Alex, but like this is probably the best Bailey episode so far. Best Bailey episode. And I knew from the moment I met this character that I liked her. Yeah. But it's can I can I jump ahead yeah. for a second? The scene where she locks Izzy out of the surgery. Meredith. Meredith, right, right, yeah. Meredith. And she's like, well, she needs to be friends, blah, blah, blah. She needs to be like and like basically Bailey says, you could try to get in here, but I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah. And then something about, oh, what does she say? Oh, I got to jump to my notes real quick. It was just such a good scene in, yeah. in general. Um, and she delivers it because she knows that Meredith is also upset. So she truly like the way she delivers it is very like, I understand you're upset and I understand where you're coming from, but like I, we have to do the right thing by Christina. And like, this is what needs to be done. And like, yeah. I'm with her. And because like Bailey was not in there as a surgeon. Bailey was in there as like a support person for Christina. Yeah. And that's like a new side of her that we don't really see before because she is like such a boss um, and such like uh, always in like teacher doctor mode. So it's so cool to see that, like that she does care about these people, no matter how much she tells them she hates them. Um, so it's it is such a but that whole scene where Meredith is like and even when Meredith says like I hate you she's like I understand like you I totally understand it's fine like that's you're you're doing the right thing by hating me and I'm doing the right thing by keeping you out of here so yeah here we are the the literally so when she says you can try uh, but I have to take you down and then when Meredith says that guy I hate you and then Bailey's like I can take it yeah like I got I'm getting goosebumps right now yeah it's there, there's. You've seen all of Doctor Nazi, right? Yeah. The, the or not Nazi Doctor, Doctor Nazi, whatever. You see all of this stuff, and you could tell that she cares, but she's never been in an instant where she it's like to. selfless. Yeah, like truly selfless. She's like, I'm literally anything that you need. It's for Christina, or anything that's happening right now. It's for Christina, and that's super dope. And. It's why I'm so excited to see how she grows. I hope that she continues to get promoted. Yeah. Because she deserves it. And I think that it she uh she's already made Christina a better doctor. I think that she's definitely made Izzy a better doctor. Yeah. I'm excited to see now that we've had a lot of these Alex wins, mm-hmm. I would love to see them have a bit more of a relationship built moving forward because we don't know a lot about Bailey's backstory. Right. And if anyone has been setting up themselves to be able to get the backstories out of people and by sharing theirs and being vulnerable, it's been Alex. Yeah. So I would really, and maybe this isn't going to happen, but I hope that that happens. Um, Can you spoil it for me? Just tell me, does this happen? Um, <laughs> don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. <laughs> um, I just think the everything we've seen from her up to this point makes that moment all the more powerful because of how she's very normally like all business, no personal, like very separated about that. And all of those moments make this like that much more impactful when she does let that guard down. And she's like, this is no longer just about being doctors. This is also about being human beings. And so that moment is great. And Chandra Wilson is great. 
We love to see it. Is that who plays yeah, Bailey? Bailey, okay. yeah. What's her first name? Chandra. Chandra. Yes. Bailey. It's confusing because... Oh, wait, no. Miranda Bailey. Miranda. Chandra Wilson. That's what that's, I was confused. Yes, oh, so, so her sorry. name is Chandra Wilson and she yes. plays Chandra Bailey. No, okay. she plays Miranda Bailey. Miranda. I misunderstood the question. It is confusing because I realize I say Derek way more than I say Shepard, but I almost exclusively say Burke. I don't say Preston. <laughs> well, it's a longer name. It's more syllables. Yes. Uh, I also Derek, say Shepherd, Addison. Addison. Yeah. I mean, those you do have to, with those, you have to kind of be more specific because technically Addison goes by Dr. Montgomery Shepherd a lot more than Dr. Shepherd. Her hair was on fire this she whole episode. She so is good. an attractive angel model woman, and I love her so much. She's growing on me. Is it weird that I want, like, I want to see them get back together She's because of this She's just episode. a very likable villain. Like, she it's is. just a good, because... Like Thanos. It's hard to... Oh my God, <laughs> how many times can we have the same circle conversation? <laughs> um, it's hard to really say she's a villain because it's still confusing because truly we're more invested. We have been more invested in the lie that Derek told, thus making him the villain to Meredith. Addison, it's easier to for Meredith to blame Addison because she likes Derek. But technically in Meredith's story, Derek is the villain. In Derek's story, Addison is the villain. Well, and that's and that's the thing. Derek's fault is a lie of omission. Yes. Which some would argue isn't a lie. I would be one of those people. Because you do it. Because no, I don't lie and I don't omit. I just I don't offer information willingly to people. Uh but I'm nervous that the more and more these interactions happen between Addison and Derek. Derek will be just become the villain overall. We'll In just all have to eyes. see. Damn it. Um, okay, so cutting uh, back to another good Bailey moment when she first is talking to Meredith and she's like, can you be at work? Do you want the day off? And Meredith's like, no, I'm fine. I want to work. And she says, okay, great. You're going to do scut, which let, made us uh, pause and discuss what scut means. And because Carmen asked if it was an acronym and I did not think it was initially. And we Googled it and it said it was just referring to like general paperworky, like boring things that Menial tasks you don't overall, necessarily yeah. need to be a doctor to be completing. Um, but I did find one website that said it was an acronym and it said the acronym is, I didn't tell Carmen what it was when I found it. It says the acronym SCUT is some common unfinished task. Okay. So the peasant common folk finish those unfinished tasks. Scut. <laughs> okay. Scut. Um, this is also one of the first episodes we are introduced to the overuse of the phrase I'm fine, which they do reference by the end of it how many times it gets said. But that's another thing that Meredith just kind of says all the time in this show, no matter what is happening in her life. And like her like elbow is on fire and she's like, I'm fine. It's cool. Whatever. I'm just a dog in a burning building. Truly. That's how she acts a lot of the time. Um, so I think that's worth noting is that they say it a lot. And uh, it's, she will continue to say that a lot for the remainder of the show. Uh, okay. So then we see the Dr. Shepherds with the preemie that was born early, underweight and addicted to narcotics. In addition to having like a tumor or an obtrusion like on her spine. And the conversation, 
like the bickering match between Derek and Addison is done so well because it's so on top of each other. It's truly like how a married couple would bicker because they're like, they don't even let each other finish. And Izzy just, Izzy also plays it great because she just stands there looking so wildly uncomfortable. She acts in her face (laughs) so well in that scene. It's It's, very good. It's very good. Also, it's just so inappropriate, but also so sad. Yeah, it's, but it's really funny. The way they write it, the reality of it is sad. The way they write it is comedic because um, she's like, you're not God, honey. And then he's like, did you call me honey? And then it's just, and then she's like, oh, I made a mistake. And he goes, you slept with my best friend on my favorite sheets. She's like, the flannel, <laughs> talking you, about which sheets you hate the flannel sheets. <laughs> I love the flannel sheets. No, you like the Italian sheets with the paisley. Stop talking about the sheets. <laughs> it was good. It was like they were still, I mean, they are still married. And then Izzy just goes, I'm going to go check on the lab. Like, um, goodbye. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, it, so also I'm having a hard time in, in, in your notes to refresh my memory. How quickly does it go to the scene where they're actually looking at the baby and he's like, she's too far gone. Like, don't get attached. Like, that is this scene. It's that scene, yeah, yeah. right? And then he leaves and then she's like, oh, walk away. That's what you do best. Yeah. Huh. Just put the, put the knife right in between the rib cage. Does that, does that scene, rewatching that, mean more to you now that you have a daughter? It's very, very sad to watch, like, such a tiny baby. And also to, like, the to hear that the mother like gave birth to this baby and then just left again is very sad. Like, I just can't imagine that. It's very sad. Yeah. It, sorry, podcast burp almost. That's like, hold, I'm holding it in right now. <laughs> uh, being a dad now to a daughter, especially it was very emotional watching that. And I can't imagine because Jess and I will say this all the time. I can't imagine giving birth to this child and doing any harm to it. And I know that this isn't the, isn't the first time that we're going to see this kind of thing. And I'm sure they, bad things happen to babies all throughout this episode. But it's interesting how black and white Derek was so quick to say, don't get attached. Because of how quickly he has that arc throughout this episode with this baby specifically. Which is very interesting. Um, but that was my thoughts on it. Because him saying she's too far gone, let her go in peace. Like, that's bonkers. Yeah, because his argument is even if they do a surgery, it's just going to put the baby through more pain and it's still ultimately not going to be enough to save her life. So he doesn't want to... Again, it goes back to another episode when they say that's what do no harm means. Like, it means also not doing, like, so many things that you're making the quality of life worse. So, again, though, that's a hard choice to make, especially when it's a baby, because, like, a baby can't tell you what's going on. And even after the surgery... You do all that, then the baby has. To, it's going to go through the thing, the foster system. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But anyways, it was a, it was a good scene overall. Love the bickering, but it was a very emotionally charged scene, both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, for sure, and it just like accomplishes a lot in showing who they are as doctors, but also still their relationship. Uh, okay, so then the chief is in his office. Burke's packing up all his stuff. He's like, drop. He's like asking for like, oh, how did he do? And Weber's like, you did a good job, but I'm not going anywhere. And Burke's like, no, I'm happy you're back. I'm just hiding it really deep down. <laughs> and then it's like, hey man, that hat's a bit too pimped out. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit pimped out. It's a good, so good. Like um, he says it so nonchalant. He's like, chief, 
The hat is a little pimped out. <laughs> and it's good. I like it. Uh, and I then, wear it. And then uh, Meredith shows up and tells Richard about Ellis and says, like, oh, I know that you guys were close in your careers and I'm sorry I didn't tell you, but she asked me to keep it a secret. So this is the situation. And he's like reading the chart and um, Meredith says she's been reliving her, her days in her residency. So it would really mean a lot to her if you came by because they were in residency together. So, um, and then again, he's like, how are you? And she's like, I'm fine. (laughs) Which Also, not fine. Jumping ahead, (laughs) they weren't just residents together, and they weren't close emotionally. Their genitals were close to each other, and they smushed booties. They could have also been close emotionally. They could have been you, but yeah, but you could also do both. You could do an emotional. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they were close. Their hearts could be having sex just as much as their genitals can be having sex. It's true. There's a scene later on. Can we just talk about that scene? <laughs> yes, we can talk about it. We can do whatever we want. It's our podcast. <laughs> it's, yeah. There is a scene. For, so first off, she is convinced that George is her husband, Thatcher. Yes. Which is hilarious. Yes, it is. When George finds it, when Richard tells George that he looks like Thatcher and George is like, I look like Meredith's dad. I need help. <laughs> yes. It is interesting, though, how... Dr. Weber makes that connection. He's like, yeah, actually you do. And Meredith never does. Yeah. Which either... Meredith is in a very different headspace. Also, probably at this point, uh, where Ellis is in her timeline, Meredith would probably be really pretty young, like maybe under the age of five. So, um, like, you don't really remember what your parents look like when you're that young. You just know they look like your parents. I don't know. I feel like they're, they're, she would have looked at pictures at some point. I don't know. It, it was just very interesting that either says, well, yeah, I guess it either speaks to the age or the emotional trauma that she's blocking mm-hmm. in her head. Uh, but anyways, so the scene is Burke <laughs> taking some sort of lab or taking yeah, some... Yeah, at the reading. very end when um, he goes to do the biopsy and he's like putting her to sleep. And he's explaining to her, we're going to put you to sleep, but we'll get you back in surgery as soon as we can. And Ellis is like, yeah, it's so good to have you here. My husband's been driving me crazy. Yeah. But she says it super she erotically. She says, oh, Richard, it's so good to see you, you beautiful man. Yeah. That husband of mine has been driving me crazy. Beautiful man. Yeah. Also, the level of, like, calmness and happiness that she, like, actually is emoting in that scene clearly do uh, imply something to us, the audience. But Weber's standing at the window watching that scene. Yes. And Burke is oblivious. He's Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, she's crazy. He should have known. He's been like, yo, listen, did did you two smush booties? Did you two have intercourse... Was that was that something you guys did? I hope so. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. That's a good scene. Everyone looks like everyone else. <laughs> so yeah, initially, um, George spends a good point portion of the episode trying to do an exam on Ellis and can't because she's convinced that he is her ex husband, and he just like cannot get over it. So he goes to the chief to ask for help, and he's like, "I won't do it because, you know, he doesn't want to see her." <laughs> 
We don't know why, though. Who's to say? Last time they saw each other, he was naked. And then ultimately he ends up getting Alex to help him. And Alex does do... I'm just skipping all around at this point. Alex, It's our podcast. Alex does do a great job. Like, he handles that situation really well. Like, he does still kind of use it to, like, mock George and make fun of him. But he does handle that situation incredibly well. Oh, yeah. Going right into character. Going, oh, yeah, you know, this new bureaucracy thing. Uh, got to do some blood test, blah, blah, blah. And then what does he, what does he, he orders, uh, he says, Thatch, can you, can you give us some, some moment? He's or- like, it's all right, Thatch. I've got it. Like, I'll take it. You can go on. Yeah. So funny. Classic Alex. Um, Ellis also at, at one point, Ellis says, Meredith may think she needs you, but I sure as hell don't, which sucks because Meredith is right outside the door so she can hear. And it's just, like, clear that maybe Ellis and Meredith didn't have a great relationship for a long period of time. Still. Maybe ever. Yes. So that's just a thing we get to see here. And she's mean. (laughs) Correct. Like, not just rude. She's, even if she is living her heyday. And mean, but also, like, aggressive. Like, everything is yelling. Everything is snapping. Like, she knows exactly what to say to hurt a person's feelings. Like, it's mean. Except Weber. Yeah. Who is really Burke. <laughs> um, oh, I didn't like this. When Meredith goes to Derek, and she's like, and he asks, oh, I heard, like, how, what's the situation? Are you okay? And she says, I'm fine for the 600th time. Um, and she's like, I need to be distracted. I need, like, a surgery. And you owe me one. I also had a big problem with that I scene. I don't like I totally am very on her side about being mad about Derek and not wanting to be with him anymore, but like I don't feel like that is the most professional situation. No, there nothing nothing that took place in their personal life was IOU worthy. Right, yeah. Nothing. So I also made that note there it was a bit unprofessional like she could if she would have said Hey, could you do me this favor? After everything that we've gone through, could you please do me this favor? I think it would have been even different, but he doesn't owe her anything. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't owe well, he still owes her an apology, but he owes That's fair. Owing yes. her something in his personal in their personal life is not mean they owe each other anything in their business life. No. They just like you gotta you gotta separate it if you're gonna have that relationship. You gotta be able to separate it. But everyone has now proven that it doesn't matter if it's business or personal because it all gets intertwined anyways. Yeah. Which is fine. For sure. Just, you know, walk those lines and be able to accept the consequences. Um, Okay. Let's see. Um, (laughs) The chief switches hats after Burke tells him. I just think it's funny that he switches to the other hat after Burke tells him the first hat is bad. He should. Um, Just show all the hats off. And then we also talked a little bit about Alex flipping back and forth, like having the really nice one-on-one moments. And then when there's anyone else around, just being like a big old turd, which we don't love, but also like it's very believable to his character. So it's, again, they're doing a good job at like showing us like, okay, which one is the real Alex? What is a show? What, you know, does he have ulterior motives? Is he actually nice or is he being fake nice because he wants to get in Izzy's pants? Is he actually nice into being fake mean because he just thinks it's like a fun, fun thing to do? Like, what's the truth? So. 
But you, you know. know the truth. Well, I do because I know all the truths. Yes. If you know the truths out there, don't don't share it. But my guess is that he's got one of those split personality syndromes. <laughs> And but it's not just two like people. that movie split, where like that movie split, yeah, <laughs> 17 or something, or yeah, there. yeah. And we have only seen the beginning layer, we're gonna meet 16 other different characters within the one. Uh, and one of them is going to be um, a- an ex Green Beret by the name of Jonathan Rambo. What an oddly specific thing to say, <laughs> and oddly specifically incorrect thing to say. Wow, spoilers, yep. <laughs> So that you'll ruin for me, but not anything else. All I'm saying is there's not one named Rambo. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Uh, Okay. So then we are in the surgery with Burke and Christina, but uh, they're kind of showing us Christina's little sweaty, little uncomfortable, can't seem to focus, get a little blurry eye vision situation. Um, And Christina, or rather, sorry, Bailey and Izzy are in the gallery and they're watching and Izzy's like, oh, I need a new assignment because... The shepherd case is in surgical, like it's inoperable. They can't do anything for the baby. And then Bailey asks Izzy if she knew about Meredith's mom, which is truly the first time that we see Bailey like ask a personal question. Um, but again, it, it's very, it's not, it doesn't seem inappropriate. All Because all she says is, did you know? She doesn't like ask for any details. She's just like, did you know about this? And that's when Izzy's kind of like, I don't know any of these people. Like, I think Alex is nice, but he's a piece of shit. I thought I know uh, Meredith, but like she's telling me lies. She's like, I don't know anybody. And then, of course, Christina passes out. Um, and so they have to run down there to assist. Um, and they run in. They're getting her all set up on the gurney. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to order stuff. She pulls Izzy in and tells her, I'm pregnant. I'm seven weeks pregnant, which truly is confusing to me. And I think it's it is probably only because I have watched this show and I know that time in this show moves really weird. But from the time frame that Christina found out she was pregnant to now, I felt like it was like months, like four months. And she says she tells Izzy she's only seven weeks. Do you remember the first episode that she took the it was episode seven or eight? Sorry, the second to last episode of season one. So episode eight. So one Two, well, I'll include that episode. So one, two, this is the fifth episode in that time. Yes. No fucking way. Yeah, because arguably she's probably four to five weeks when she finds out. Because you have to assume like a missed period is is probably the symptom that would prompt her to take that test, which is probably going to be four or five, maybe even six weeks. So it's just a lot for me to accept that it's only seven weeks that she's only seven weeks pregnant well it's also it's interesting too because you don't really see a lot of follow-up on the abortion communication anymore yeah they mention it at the beginning of this episode yeah um when they are running i think uh or some other time but it was earlier on in this episode they mention it that that she is gonna just she's like i'm just gonna get the abortion and move move on with my life just like get past this moment so it does remind us okay that is still her plan she just hasn't done it yet for whatever reason but to me it's just weird because it seems like it's just sometimes i just assume that like one episode is two weeks and i don't know why because i know the first episode alone where i think we're supposed to think is like less than 48 hours 
So it's just confusing. I don't really know where we're supposed to be on this timeline. I mean, obviously she said seven weeks. That's what we're supposed to believe that it's seven weeks. I just was caught off guard that that was the number. It's, it's, uh, it's hard for me to understand a lot of these things because I've never actually had a baby inside of me. Correct. But because we're looking at, I mean, obviously jumping ahead here, but it, it's an eptop, eptopic pregnancy. Ectop, yeah. Eptopic? Ec, like Ec, E-C-T. Ectopic. Yeah. Ectopic pregnancy. And so one of the fallopian tubes ruptures. Well, yeah. So the baby, instead of implanting in the uterus, has implanted in a fallopian tube. Right. And that is what causes it to rupture, yes. Right, right. So I just, I, I, I'm not understanding fully inside of the char- the writing of this as well as the character arc for this particular thing uh how she's feeling in all of this because mm-hmm. the hormones obviously are raging but like just the episode before she's like i've been turned into an emotional fat pregnant person <laughs> right to now this is rupturing i don't know the timelines on these things but couldn't a, a, an ectopic pregnancy go much longer than that um i don't know but I I think it could be shorter. I think it maybe could be longer. At the very least, as soon as you have an ultrasound, you're going to know. Because it's not going to be in the uterus. But you're supposed to have an abortion for that anyways, right? Because uh, it well, yeah, kill. they would. it would be like... It, would, it, it wouldn't really be an abortion. It would be a different type of medical procedure because they would still have to go in and remove it from that area to prevent the rupture and to like help salvage the fallopian tube because it would be pr- potentially damaged even if they were able to get it out before it ruptured. So it's still crazy. It and is. She ends up spoiler alert. She loses the tube. Yeah. One, her left one, I think, which I also didn't think about, which again, watching this episode with two women, which was nice is that reduces. If you do decide if Christina long-term does decide that she wants to have kids now, which I'm assuming she's going to have a little bit of a period of time where she's like, wow, I really wish I would have had that kid. Maybe there's some regret there. Uh, but it reduces your chance to have a kid in half because you're skipping every other period. Then, right. Which yeah. I never thought about until this watching this episode, which is yes. interesting. Um, also, I do want to note that Burke, when Christina passes out, is very concerned, like is very panicked, but has to stay in that surgery and continue to operate, which is uh, like a crazy thing to consider. Like if you're in a very serious like intense surgery and that would happen and your your focus has to still be 100 percent on your patient but someone that you truly care very deeply for has to your knowledge passed out for absolutely no reason at all and is like not passed out and then stood back up like oh i don't know what happened but is like out um that would be very concerning um so then bailey sends izzy to go get addy and Addison is telling the chief, I'm leaving. Like, I can't do anything about the baby. I can monitor the twins that you originally called me here from across the country. And if I need to come back, I can. But, like, he doesn't want me here. We're not getting back together. I'm leaving. And then the chief is like, no, stay. I love you. And then Izzy comes up and she's like, you need to come. Christina has collapsed. And then Addison is like, why do you need me? And Izzy just kind of looks at her and she's like, okay, let's go. And George is there also. And he's like, Christina's pregnant. (laughs) Like a dumb bitch. (laughs) Shut the fuck up, George. But then I do love when, when um, they walk away and George just goes, this is a very bad day. (laughs) It really is. 
nothing. I actually wrote that specifically in quotes. Yeah, same. Because it's coming after the scene as well where... They uh, find out about Ellis's tumor. Yes. Yeah. And they don't know what it is yet, but it looks like it could be liver failure, uh, which which was uh, cancer related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's, uh, it's a good couple of moments and a good uh, scene within that where Burke clearly, clearly still has very deep feelings. Yes. Deeper than whatever their relationship was because they never really define it. Yeah. Deeper than whatever it is, is just having sex. Yeah, for sure. And I felt bad because Christina didn't feel the same way. I felt bad for Burke. I Even though he broke up with her. I just don't know that she didn't feel the same way. She definitely didn't express it. Well, maybe I won't say she didn't express it, but I don't think we're most cement to believe she didn't feel it. I don't, uh, not in the same way. I don't think that if she doesn't get pregnant, she ever has that connection feeling. Maybe it was more so heightened because of the hormones and the way that she felt. And she took that time to get herself to where she was like, okay, like, yeah, let's do this. But I don't know. It's just weirdly how, it's weird how quickly Burke was invested into that relationship. Mm, She was into it. She was just hiding. Yeah. She was just afraid to be vulnerable, but she's into it. They're, they were equal into each other. Well, they're going to get back together, and they're going to get married. We'll see. And then they're going to adopt the baby who has the surgery. Oh, the preemie? Yep. The narcotic-addicted drug baby. Wow. What a, what a prediction. That's my prediction. Several predictions all at once. Write it down. Run it. I am correct. We'll see if any of those come true. Um... So the chief is super upset about the Ellis situation, like really, really, really mad because Derek won't clear him to do the biopsy because he really wants to do the biopsy because he is very concerned and like wants it done right now. Derek is like, no, you li- I just I just cut into your brain. You cannot do surgery, you insane person. And he's big mad and he's like threatening Derek. And uh, that's also when Meredith finds out that her mom has a tumor and so she has to go out of the surgery to like sign paperwork for George. And that's when George tells her that Christina has collapsed. It's just like a, a lot of things happen all at once. Very quickly. Um, Izzy is very concerned about Christina, but is also kind of pissed that she didn't know what was happening. Um, Cause she's like, I just don't, I'm like, I don't know anybody in this building anymore. <laughs> she just feels like out of the loop in a lot of ways. Um, and then we get, the really good Bailey scene that we already talked about, which is just, again, so well done on everyone's end. Like both Meredith and Bailey do such a good job. Very good. Well, before that too, we have the scene where, uh, Derek and Meredith are talking and she's like, Alex, do you care that we had sex? And he's like, Nope. And then he's just standing there and he smirks and he goes, yeah, dude, that was rough. That was right before the Bailey scene. Oh no, it's right after. No, it's right before. Yeah, no, because then I said Meredith has a breakdown post-surgery. And then Alex loves watching Meredith drag Derek. Dude, that was rough. Oh, so the scene where it's, I can take it, that was right after that. I don't know, because I have, I love Miranda Bailey in all caps up here. And then down here, Miranda Bailey is the best human being ever. So maybe, (laughs) maybe the first one was about something else. Oh, I think the first one. Yeah, the first one was about something else because Addison is like, Dr. Bailey, do you have anywhere else you need to be? And she goes, no, I'm good right here. When she's just like literally just standing there holding Christina's head. 
So yes, that is why I love Miranda Bailey. And then Miranda Bailey is literally the best human being ever is later on. <laughs> when she says, I can take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so yes, Meredith has the breakdown post-surgery. And she's, I think it's just a combination of everything that happened with her and Derek and then everything that's going on with Christina and now everything with her mom is just like everything at once. And Derek was right there when she hit her breaking point. And that's when she just like rips him a new butthole. And she's like, I just don't like, I don't just stop talking to me. Don't touch me. Don't look at me. Like I hate you. Fuck off. And then Alex just stands there smirking the whole time. And it's hilarious. And then at the end he says, that was rough. Like so good. Which is so, uh, like again, great episode for Alex, great string of episodes for Alex, but like this was a golden nugget. Yeah, it was good. I loved it. Dude, that was rough. To his boss in that moment, smirking like a goof. Yeah. Okay. Alex is Alex is now one of my favorite characters. Yeah. It's it sneaks up on you. It's kind of crazy. I hate it. Listen, because, listen. Yeah, in the, one of the first episodes, <laughs> you're like, Alex is my least favorite character, and it's not even close. Yeah. So if this is your first time listening to this 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 podcast, go back. Quote me on it. I will admit that I said that. That was me for sure recording that that episode, and no one voiced over my voice and, and lied behind my back. <laughs> I did not like Alex. Yeah. I, I mean, at one point, liked George more than I like Alex. Yeah. <laughs> and George sucks. I hate George. <laughs> yeah. The writers, like the, the arc they give Alex is so good because you really don't see it coming. It just comes out of nowhere, and then you're like, wow, I love this guy. He's going to be here for a while. I could feel it. Mm. He's going to be here for at least this season. For at least this episode. <laughs> Tomorrow never knows. <laughs> He'll just be a ghost the next episode. Um, and then we get the Ellis thinks Burke is Richard. And what I wrote is, and is a little too happy about it. Yeah, they had sex. <laughs> I'm. Co- they had sex. Um, Meredith is sad. She's just like sitting in a gallery alone trying to process all of her sadness, which is a lot of sadness. Um, and then they, we cut back to the preemie and uh, the preemie's doing better. And here's the thing at the beginning of this episode, I, <laughs> I feel like, cause we paused this because we were both writing a lot and I, I'm interested to see if we were writing something very similar. The beginning of this episode, Derek's like, we're not going to be able to operate on this, on this baby. Just like, let it go. There's no reason if he felt that way that he needed to come back. This is not his patient. He did not need to come back and check. However, Meredith hurt his feelings. And who who still likes him? Well, he know Addison still likes him because she knows that she wants to get back together. So what's he going to do? He's going to go get attention from his wife because his girlfriend made him feel sad. Can you blame him? Yes. No, you can't. <laughs> if you want this one and you like if you truly want to be with Meredith and she's Listen, mean to you, don't go fuck around with Addison's feelings. No, it's it, being a man, it's it's okay. <laughs> don't know. Don't you, you can, surely shouldn't I am almost certain you should not finish that sentence. Okay, all right. All I'm going to say, so here is my stream of consciousness on this. So, uh, I'll actually read it verbatim. Uh, the way Shepard smiled at Addison, they could get back together, dot, dot, dot. This is an interesting dialogue. And then it switched to, to all caps. And they are kissing. She loves him still. And then it goes back to no longer capitalizations. And it says, and he didn't seem to wave her off. Right. But only because Meredith was mean to him. Hold on. Hold on. Just hold on. Everyone, just take a second. <sighs> take a deep breath. Okay? <sighs> it's me taking a deep breath. <laughs> I don't know 
what's going on in his head. <laughs> but I can tell you that I understand the confusions and the feelings. And all I want is for him to be happy. And all I want is for Addison to be happy. And all I want is for Meredith to be happy. And it's very simple. The three of them just enter into a relationship. <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but I'm not looking for you to paint a picture. No, no, no. no. So my issue is if he just wants to get back together with Addison, that's his business. If he just wants to get back together with Meredith, that's his business. But it's very clear that he wants to get back together with Ma- Meredith. And now that she's basically told him that can't happen his feelings are hurt and his ego is bruised and he wants to go to someone who is gonna like make his ego feel better and like make him feel like he's a hot shot and like he's wanted so he's regardless of what else has happened he is using addison to make himself feel better because meredith hurt his feelings and that is wrong it is wrong the more and more i think about it i think you're right but and i, I also say- wrote oh they kissed <laughs> They th- so also rewatching this scene, which we watched it, I think tw- two or three times, two or yeah. three times. So watching it the second time when she leaned on the chair, it was before he had asked what the third option is. Yeah, he knew it was about to come. Yes, he knew that he she wanted was gonna- to feel better. Yes, okay, I understand what you're <laughs> saying. I don't fault him because I also, contrary to what people believe, I have a big ego. And it's okay. But I'm not saying that he's right. I just say you can have a big ego. You just shouldn't use other people to patch it up. I understand. I'm not saying that he was right. I'm just saying I understand where he was coming from. And we're just humans. People are just humans. Okay. Humans are just humans. Humans are just humans. I just just feel like you, in previous episodes, put a lot of blame. You're just very like defensive of anything Derek like Derek seems to can do no wrong but you're just really quick to blame all these women for a lot of things that Derek is doing wrong no no no. I I'm Derek is not flawless he's not in the wrong it's just he has the best hair out of any guy in the episode so I automatically relate to him I'm sorry that you feel that way but you don't look like Derek Shepard no no I'm not saying that I look like him I have a beard uh but that's not the only reason why oh (laughs) I, I get what you're saying. So I'm a 10. He's at least a 15. Eight. Oh, interesting. Um, I didn't deny that I was a 10, though. <laughs> didn't tell you where the scale ended either, did I? Oh, <laughs> it starts at 11. It's 42. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. And George is a 42. <laughs> no, Yikes. fuck. Okay, but in all seriousness, let's actually, let's talk about this right okay, now. Okay, yes. Because she does say, I do like her options. Her, she's like, you forgive me, we go home and live our lives and move on. You forgive me, we go home, but you get to bring it up anytime we fight. And then she leans forward and kisses him. And then he's like, no, then he says, what's the third option? And then she kisses him. And then she says, I don't know what the third option is. I just know I still love you. And he at no point does anything to stop any of that. <sighs> me not knowing what happens. Mm-hmm. It's like It's like that TV show, Love It or List It. You ever watch Love It or List It? Um, yes. It's like Addison is the house. Is the house <laughs> that you've lived in. Uh-huh. And Meredith is the the agent brought you a house on the market. Uh-huh. The feelings and the sentimental value aren't going to go away, regardless of the adultery, which he likes to go back and throw it in her face. 
something is going to click that brings Derek back to why he originally fell in love with Addison. Mm-hmm. And she's a likable villain. Like that. Oh my God. <laughs> if I had something to throw, I would throw it at you, but I don't. No, no, but, but in all seriousness. So, so can I, can I ask you this for a, a spoiler? Yeah, but I'm not going to give it to you. My question is, does a moment like that happen? Whether or not he acts on it, does a moment like that happen where it brings him back and he verbally is like, this is why we were together. Does he does he go back down that memory lane? Do we see that or no? I feel like he goes down memory lane, but he's not like this is why we were in love. But he is like this. He does reminisce about their relationship. Okay, that's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. Um. Okay, I do love that scene, and I also love Addison Shepard Mo- Montgomery. I just love her so much. That's um, Forbes, Forbes, Montgomery. Addison, Adrian, Forbes, Montgomery, Shepard. Don't correct me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. A- Addison, Adrian. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dumb. Addison, Adrian, Forbes. Adrian and Forbes are both middle names. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Addison, Adrian, Forbes. No, Adrian is a middle name, and Forbes is a middle name. Right. Not Adrian, Forbes. It's not one middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Addison, Adrian, Forbes, Forbes Montgomery, Shepard. Montgomery Shepard is hyphenated. Ah, yes. Nothing else is hyphenated. Uh, Everything else is just a name. Well, Adrian, Forbes, is uh, there's a semicolon. No! Okay. <laughs> Do you even know what a semicolon is for? Yes. Okay. I don't Two middle names. (laughs) Okay. This next part's important. So like get it together. We're back. We're back. Okay. So this is when Burke finds out that Christina is pregnant from the OR board. Crazy. Looks at the OR board because he's very concerned about Christina and wants to figure it out. But, um, he go he he finds out that she has an ectopic extrauterine pregnancy from the OR board. So obviously he assumes that it's his and he assumes correctly. Yes. Um but he like can you imagine finding out A because he truly he's genuinely concerned about her health. And I have to imagine that the last thing he thought was that it would have been anything pregnancy related. Yeah, well then you also, so I'm trying to think of the mindset of not just a man, but of a surgeon who clearly has said that he's going to place his career over his personal relationships. It's, okay, is this mine? If it is, was she going to end it? Was she going to tell me? Mm -hmm. Like, those are the things that would be going through my head, but all of them, I think think he's going to struggle with the control aspect of it, Mm -hmm. but also the caring aspect of it. Yeah. Because he's a surgeon. He wants to and, control but, I mean, it all. It's a, yeah, I mean, he, when he broke up with her, he explicitly says, like, we should both focus on our careers because we're both very driven. And I don't want this to get in the way of that. So, I, yeah, I also wonder if he was wondering if she knew when he broke up with her or if she found out post-breakup. Is she going to lie? Is she going to... Was it... Do we have this conversation where you she could just say that she didn't know? It'd be so easy for her oh, to Oh, like, yeah, it definitely... Would, because of how early on the pregnancy was, I do think it would be easy for her to be like, oh, I didn't know. Because I have to imagine being a surgical intern and having like a crazy schedule and working like 48, 50 hours straight. um, It would be very easy to have like irregular periods because you're just working so much and you're super stressed or not even notice if you miss one because the days run together so much. So I definitely think it would be feasible that you could be that far along and not realize it. But I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> not a doctor. What a way to find out, though. Yeah. And then she wakes up 
Bailey's with her. She says, what happened? Bailey's like, you had an extra uterine pregnancy. It was in your left fallopian tube. The tube burst. Dr. Um, Montgomery Shepard tried, but she was unable to save the tube. So that's what happens. But ultimately, she is okay. Um, then Blushing Girl is fully Wait, okay. Wait, hold on. Yes. I did have to ask if they could just reroute the tube and connect the two egg sacs to one tube, to which Kelsey and Jessica both told me that that is not how science works. Do you also think they're called egg sacs? <laughs> they're egg sacs, yes. Do you know the medical term for the egg sacs? Ovaries. Correct. Well done. Thank you. The ovaries, which are the egg sacs. Also, ovaries are not stationary. They float around. And I know this because I've had to have multiple, multiple surgeries and um, ultrasounds not being pregnant. Because I have other stuff going on in my abdomen, but there was one time they were trying to look at my ovary and they couldn't find it because it had floated behind like my kidney or something. I didn't know this. That is how I learned that they're not stationary because they had to call in two nurses to like lean on my stomach to like push it out from whatever it was hiding behind and it was quite painful. Okay, so this opens up a whole new line of questions. If they couldn't save the fallopian tube, I would Why imagine not? that they just taking the over. I think they probably did. Obviously, I don't know for sure, but I have to imagine because of the way they are attached to each other and just floating around that um, I they imagine probably just a balloon. It, yeah, seriously, it's the fallopian tube is the string and the the ovary is the balloon. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> if, I have to imagine no they string. probably took out both because yeah, otherwise your ovary ends up in your throat. Yeah, just oh, that's your <laughs> ceiling. Oh. So, yes, that is my fun fact is um, ovaries and fallopian tubes are not terribly stationary. Did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either until uh, I was 19 and that was the situation at hand. Can I also, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Is there, uh, there's one piece of this 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 podcast that you that you may have skipped. Is, is there a living in Shondaland? Um, yeah, so I was going to mention it. There are really only two patients who are like not regulars on this episode and neither of them are in other Shonda shows. So there's no there's no uh Living in Shondaland? I am I feel like now's the time. Can we do the song? Living in Shondaland. Um was it more magical in person or was it just as magical? It was amazing, life changing. Thank you. Thank you. Like it's so creative, incredible. <laughs> um now's the time. I could have mentioned it prior, but I was going to wait till the right moment and it feels like the right moment. Uh, the woman who plays Ellis Gray plays a wildly important character in the show Scandal in the future. Oh. But that's in the far future, so. So, why don't you bring this up the first time we saw Ellis? Because I just was like, she's not really being that important. And also, in all of those, there were other people in Living in Shondaland. And now in this one, there's none. So, I needed one. And she was very important in this episode. So, that's it just fair. felt like the right time. That's good. It's very smart. So is is Ellis going to be around for a couple of episodes now? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. That's yeah, good enough. They did not discharge her at the end of this episode. Well, that's that's yeah. what I was so, noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the blushing girl, Alex and uh, Meredith, are with her. She's like the surgery went perfect. She gets to just be a normal human being now, and she's very excited. And it's a moment of joy, which we don't have a lot of this episode, so it's nice to see. Um, it's a win. And then we get the really great Alex and Meredith moment where he's like, uh, you can talk to me if you want. No one would believe me otherwise. And then he said, for what it's worth, I don't know how you're still on your feet. If I thought my mom might have cancer, 
I would like not be able to stand up or whatever, which I think is worth noting because in the last episode we learned that he beat the shit out of his dad. So clearly he has a bad relationship with his dad, but that would imply that he has a really good relationship with his mom. So I just think that's worth noting. Like it's kind of an offhand comment, but it does because of what we learned in the last episode, I do think it, it is worth noting that he said that and what that could mean. And his mom's going to show up in an episode. Tomorrow? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a prediction. Oh, okay. And his dad's going to show up in an episode. And they're going <laughs> to get into a crash, and an ambulance is going to have to save them. And then he's going to have to donate part of his liver to save his dad. Didn't we just <laughs> do that? <laughs> so, yeah. so what you're saying is, after 11 episodes, the, um, the writers are out of ideas, and they're going <laughs> to just cycle through it with the different characters. <laughs> Just to clarify, that is what you're predicting. Yes, and also Christina's mom has Alzheimer's and liver failure. She doesn't have liver failure. She has a tumor on liver, her liver. liver. tumor, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm hilarious. That was okay. funny. <laughs> I'm so glad you feel that way. <laughs> uh, someone should. So then we get that really, really short Richard and Ellis scene. It's like shot from the window. And Ellis is asleep. Like, she's still out from the surgery. Um, and Richard is in the room with her and he says, I know it's hard. Like it must be hard to be the one that's gone, but it's, it's really hard to be the one that's still here, which is like truly just a powerful thing. If you like process it, um, it's a very, very short scene, but I think it gives a lot of insight to who Richard is and also their relationship. Well, yeah, it, it's, I think it paints this picture that Richard feels responsible for whatever, right? Whether it's saving lives, whether it's the people, whether it's the hospital itself, there's something that he feels responsible. It's for. not his wife. That's for damn well, sure. Not his word. Because right, if yeah. you think about it, this woman last episode in here complaining about how she's never been able to go on vacation with him. He never prioritizes his family. He only prioritizes the hospital. And how here he is, doesn't even need to be at the hospital, and he's sitting next to an unconscious woman. Well, they had sex. Okay. <laughs> He has a wife. Yeah, well, what if they never had sex? They did. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No, it, it is. It's it, anyways. To get to get serious here, I can't imagine. I love my job. I love my team. I can't imagine a world where I'm physically making that career sacrifice to that extent. Yeah. So I don't. And I even wrote here too. I hope that we get. Like I would watch a. Uh, uh, what's what was the Harry Potter with Jude Law where it was young Dumbledore? Youngledore? Young Dumbledore? Youngledore. Dumbledore? Young Dumbledore, Youngledore. Yeah, yeah, but what was the movie called? Oh, Fantastic Beasts. Right. Yeah. We need a what Youngledore? Is that really what Youngledore? Youngledore. No, it's that's from what, another podcast. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I I would like to see a Fantastic Beasts style spin-off where it's just young Young Weber. I don't know why, but I need to understand why he feels responsible to something. And I would assume that it's something where maybe a mistake that he made in the past. He feels like he's locked into this life debt with this hospital or this career. I don't know, but it's not his wife. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not his wife. Um, Izzy's talking to Meredith and she's kind of like letting her know that she feels left out about everything. And Meredith doesn't really apologize, but she does say like, she's like about Alex. I, I understand where you're coming from. Like I, I get that he's different. 
he's a he can be a different person once you get to know him. And Izzy's kind of got like her little like oh like shy who grin whatever. So who's to say what will come? Except Carmen, who's gonna Me. say it? They're gonna they're gonna bone. When? What did I say last time? Did I give a prediction for that? Uh, you definitely did. I think you said in the second season, but I don't know if you said more specifics than that. How many episodes are in this season? 27. Episode 25, they will bone. Okay. Locking that in right now. Um, Actually, oh. I think I originally <laughs> said that it's going to be the cliffhanger for the last episode. Oh, you might have. <laughs> That's going to be it. Them we'll see. Find out next week. <laughs> Find in- out in 20 weeks. <laughs> um, Can well, I also just point out there's mm-hmm. one scene where George is just sitting cross-legged on the actual countertop? Yeah, that's this scene. That's this scene where Izzy's talking about feeling left out. Dumb. Like, people people write their paperwork there. We're at a hospital. That's a san- That's a sanitary environment. No, it's not. It's like a nurse's station. What? But why is his ass and his feet on the station? I don't know. I sit like that a lot and in a lot of places. At work? I don't have a job? Imagine your <laughs> last job that you had and you're sitting That's on- a bad example because I did a lot of things at that job. <laughs> did you sit cross-legged on your cashier station? If the store, on, if on the store was closed, of- there's a good chance I did do that. Uh-huh. I definitely did it backstage. Okay. Anyways. I mean, behind the work front. What do normal people call that? Back of house. That's where I did it. I still <laughs> I still say offstage. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I'm, yeah, just offstage. Backstage. Go back there. Um, okay, so then we do get the, this is like actually a good George moment, in my opinion, when he stands up to Ellis on behalf of Meredith, which, cause the reason I like it, and I understand that George's motivation isn't, is mainly because he's in love with Meredith, but it's just, it, it's a good thing. Like someone should stand up for her because this woman clearly was a monster and, He's like, I don't like the way you talk to me, and I really don't like the way you talk to Meredith because she deserves better, which is accurate, especially if you're talking about a five-year-old who's done nothing except to be born. Yeah, I hope that I hope that she recognizes Meredith the next time that they're in. I hope that she yeah. has a lucid moment. Yes, I also hope she has a lucid moment. We all deserve a lucid moment. Everyone deserves lucid moments. <laughs> um. So then George is telling her about the tumor and he's, she's trying to ask, she's getting frustrated because, um, excuse me. She can't, she's trying to think of a word. I think, I believe the term that she's trying to ask is algebraic. And I only know that because they say it other times in the show, but she asks, is the, is the tumor benign or is the tumor malignant? And, uh, George says no, it's benign, so she does not have cancer. It is just for whatever reason a growth on her liver for no reason. Meredith is outside crying on a bench. Derek goes, he like wants to comfort her. She's like, please don't. And he is respectful and he doesn't. So he just stands there and wants to do something but doesn't know what to do because he's manipulative and uses people and doesn't care about anyone's feelings but his own. So he just stands there and it's awkward. And then she gives him a speech about all the exhausting things about her mother and what happened to Christina. And she's like, hating you is the most exhausting thing of all. I don't want to do it anymore. And then they kiss. Because, of course, they do. Yeah. 
because Addison just kissed him three minutes ago. So of course Mer- Meredith has to kiss him now. They made they made her lose control. It's true. I want to circle back here for a second. Okay. You are painting way too bad of a picture of Derek. I disagree. I disagree. I understand that, but he is still not apologized. No, he, if if that's the only fault he has, it's not. Okay, <laughs> he's also using human beings in a little chess game of making himself feel better because one person hurt his feelings, so he used another human being as a band aid. All people that do that. Everyone I, does that. No, they don't. What people, is wrong with you? <laughs> Okay, look, I'm just trying... Okay, here's a thing. When it's appropriate, it's like, okay, this is what the deal is. If someone hurts your feelings and not, like, the issue is the the level of the relationships between the two people that he's having this back and forth with. If someone in your life, like at work or whatever, hurts your feelings or makes you feel not great, and you come home to your wife and you're like, man, I just had like this really crappy day and this person said this to me and it just like really bummed me out and hurt my feelings and like, I just can't like shake it and I just, it just sucks... And then your wife comforts you and is like, I'm so sorry they said that to you. It's not true. Like, you're actually amazing. Let me tell you all the things that you're great at. That's fine. That's partnership. And that's open communication and love. Which what is what is- I said. No. It's verbatim what I just said. No. I, you and I are saying the same things with different words. <laughs> you're the worst person in this room. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I just, uh, it is interesting I don't know what Derek actually wants because I haven't seen Into the Future. I don't know what the episodes hold. But I wanted to actually circle back to the piece of where Meredith uh, kind of hopes. That Ellis has cancer. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. It's it's sad, but like she's she clearly wants a way out from this lifestyle that is happening right now. Yeah. It's also, I feel like from a doctor standpoint... Cancer is easier to deal with because you're like, here's the plan X, Y, and Z. This is all the things we're going to do to beat it. And that, that plan does not exist with Alzheimer's. Like there is no treatment. There is no cure. There is no anything you can do. You just, it just is that way, which is such a bummer. And so crazy to think how we come, how far we've come with so many other like ailments. And then there are so many things specifically with like mental illnesses and things like that, that we just have no idea what causes them or how to do anything about them. And it's so sad. So I do think from a doctor standpoint, at least if it's cancer, you're like, okay, if it's cancer, I can do something about it. I can actively make choices to fight for it, but you just don't have that opportunity with, with the current situation. Right. And then you have the weird scene with, (laughs) George getting into bed with Ellis. <laughs> well, well, I was. I think that's interesting because Ellis is almost like what she wanted from Thatcher was for him to have a backbone and stand up. The implication is that he was just like this puppy dog sniffing around, like wanting attention from her. And she's, you know, clearly because she says my career is what counts and my work is you're like, you're dumb. You're just a stupid professor. No one cares what you do. And so when he stands up to her, it's kind of like she's like, oh, a man, a man is here now, not not a child. So it's it's interesting to see that she actually kind of respects and likes him after that. What uh, I, I know we, we jumped around a lot with this particular episode, but. There was one scene where she was saying, my my career affords this yes. lifestyle of yeah. yours or whatever, mm-hmm. which makes me curious. What kind of lifestyle is it? Was he a philanderer, too? Did he also cheat? 
No, I think it's we're just meant to believe that she pays for everything because she has a real job and she's implying that he is a teacher, so he makes no money. Which is not true. Well, we don't pay our teachers enough. But <laughs> was he a teacher or a professor? Uh, he was a professor, but it's if you look at the time frame on it, it's probably like early 80s, maybe mid mid to late 80s. Who's to say? It's not, I don't really super know age-wise where we would be, but um, he's a professor. I don't, I don't, I'm sure at some point they say what college, but I can't off the top of my head think of what college it is. And, you know, there's different levels. There's full-time professor, there's adjunct, part-time, whatever. So who's to say how much money he's really making? She's definitely making more, that's for sure. Well, she's creating her own surgery. Well, even, even, well, I guess that would be at this point, because she says, are you familiar with the gray method? So she definitely would have done that at least by now. So, yes, she's mean to <laughs> not just Meredith, to a lot of people. Um, so then there's definitely sexual tension with Izzy and Alex. Their faces are very close. So many times in this episode. So close. Their faces are close. There are so many times in this episode you really think they're going to kiss, and they just don't. It's kind of crazy. When do you think they'll kiss for the first time? Because you think they'll the cliffhanger of the second season is them having sex in the last episode. Yeah. So, but when do you think they'll like kiss and or acknowledge feelings and or go on a date? I think that's basically all that season two is going to be. Is them kissing? Just <laughs> <laughs> no more medicine, guys. <laughs> uh, it's their feet in that opening montage for the show. Ew. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. That's it's so hard. I all of my predictions have been right so far. Oh and my it's, god! It's such a burden to. I create think these one of them has been correct so far. No, I, in all seriousness, I I don't I don't know. I I want to see it sooner rather than later, but yeah. I have a feeling that if they keep going down this trajectory of him being a douchebag to other people, mm-hmm. it is, it makes it harder. It makes it harder for sure. Prolongs it. Um, they even remind at George reminds her, this is the guy that plastered the picture. Oh of yeah. She's like, remember when he plastered naked picture of you all over the hospital? And she was, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh huh. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, so then uh, Burke is talking to the dry cleaner guy about they went in to do his lungs and they realized there's something wrong with his heart and he just says all this medical stuff. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? And Burke says, you had a broken heart, literally, but we it's fine. We fixed it. He had such a hard time getting through that. Yeah, he was. Because he, he was relating. Heart. He was relating hard. Yes. Like it's, I mean, he's almost in tears in that scene. Um, he but just loves Christina so much. <laughs> he he has uh, he's trying to compartmentalize and he is not doing a great no. job. And he goes to see her. He does want to go see her, but he gets there and all the interns are there, which is great. They should all be there. It's like a great moment of support and family and like rallying around your peers and being there for one another when that's all you have. But he wants he's watching from afar. And man, does he want to sit with her and just like be there for her because she's not even awake when they're all in there. Like they're just all there for her. And he wants to be there, too. But he's like. What have like what position have we gotten ourselves in where like now this has happened and I don't even know if I can go in there and be with her anymore. So it's a it's a tangled web. Tis a tangled web we weave. And uh, yeah, it just kind of cuts with that with them in there with her and him looking on from afar. I like this episode. This I also like this episode. This a lot of shit happened. Yeah, a lot of shit. A lot of shit happened. 
can I can I tell you that I think that this is gonna gonna be the highest ranked episode? Oh really? So far or ever? So far. So far it's the highest ranked episode. I'm going to give this episode on a scale of one through five. One being med student, five being attending. This is a four point nine. Why is it not a five? Because nothing will be a five until I've watched every episode. That's the stupidest thing you could say. <laughs> Just make it a five. I'm going to round down to a three. Just make it a five. I can't believe you're giving this episode a five, Carmen. That's so cool. Wow. No, don't you put words in my wow, mouth. Wow, an attending from Carmen. I love it. No, I, I, I will say... While our, our scale needs to be adjusted because there, needs to be, there needs to be more emotion. This, I would say, in the moment, I will give it a five tentatively. But if there's an episode that's better. I don't know. I feel like the five is to be reserved for my favorite episode. And I don't know. So only you think only one episode can be a five? I think only one episode can be a five. Because it's not saying it's the best episode. It's just saying it for an episode is as good as it can be. Okay, then this is a five. Yes. This is an I, Yeah, I just feel like you don't. You don't need to only give an episode a five if you think it's the best of every of all the episodes. I just think it means if you think an episode is at its best, like there's nothing you would change about the episode to improve it, then yes, I think it's a five. Okay. Then there's nothing that I would have changed about this episode. This is an attending. It's a five out of five. I agree. Yes. High five from across the room. Hey. Eh. Hi. Five. Five. Hi. Hi, attending. Oh, nice. <laughs> um. No I agree. So such a good, high. such a good episode. So much happened, and they did it all so well. And uh, again, they're just setting it up and one making you want more, making you want to find out what's going to happen next. Where where are we with all these characters? Where are they going? Where are their arcs going? It's just very very compelling episode, and everyone in it does such a great job. Props to Bailey. Props to Alex. No props for Derek. I just love it so much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I feel like I need to defend him, but I'm not going to anymore. I just don't yeah, want... Yeah, you shouldn't. I, I, wanted, I want to be the devil's advocate, but also, like, Derek isn't my favorite character on the show. Yeah. He's got the best hair, but that's it. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's, he's I'm, fine. I'm fine. Addison, arguably, just was in the race this episode for best hair, though. Uh, sh- uh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I was going to say it's either going to be her or Christina because Christina's had some really good hair days. Christina does have that really natural curly so big good. hair. And I know you love that. Graph, love the so. curly hair. Yeah, you're you're big on that. Yeah. And they're all, again, we talk about it a lot. Most of the people on this show, they're just put on the show because they're very attractive. So they're just, it's a lot of attractive people. So yeah, nothing wrong with that. Not at all. That's what dramas, soap opera drama, medical dramas are for. So yeah. they're doing great. I thought this was a documentary. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yes, thank you all for listening. Oh, we also want to shout out Canada because we got an email today. Oh uh, yeah, this is big news. That we are ranked in the top 100 for television uh, podcasts in Canada. So thank you so much. Television and reviews. So thank you so much, Canada. We appreciate you. If you're listening from Canada, um, message us on Instagram and just say hi from Canada so we can say hi and thank you so much. Um, please tell your friends. We love to hear from you guys. Um, again, you can message us on Instagram, Gray's Academy Pod, and follow us there and share our episodes there. Um, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. You can email us, uh, Pod at gmail.com. If you have questions, suggestions, just if you also want to tell Carmen that Derek sucks, like, please help me out. Like, back me up. If you need to tell me that 
uh, Derek's great. I'll explain to you why he's the worst and it'll be great. It'll be a good time. (laughs) (laughs) So we just uh, really appreciate all um, the listens again. um, It's so cool to like watch the numbers go up and like watch you guys continue to enjoy the episodes. And uh, we are enjoying doing this and it was so fun to get to watch one together and record one together in person. So hopefully we'll get to do it again. Should we go do another one right now? Um, it is very late. At night. It's almost 1 a.m. So probably not because I have a flight in the morning. Yeah, but it's it's 4 p.m. somewhere. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Well, um, that's probably, yeah. Uh, I don't know if the math works out on that I anywhere. I don't think so. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for listening. And um, as always, remember. No spoilies. We'll see you all in the next one.